This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, John. So here we are. We got through the preseason. We made it through training camp. We made it through almost through these long couple weeks between the preseason games and the regular season. We are here. It is week one, the first game of the Lovey Smith era in the uh, in first regular season game here in Houston. So let's dig right into it. The Colts come into town uh, noon kickoff on Sunday at NRG Stadium. We do our pregame six pack before every game where you and I go through six things. We each take three that we're going to be watching for either storylines, players, whatever the case may be with the game. And as always, John, I defer to you uh, age before beauty. Um, and uh, you are up first, my friend. First thing coaches always talk about every game, you got to stop the run. Texans were terrible at it last year, terrible year before. They were 31st. Jonathan Taylor had more than 140 yards in both of those games. And of course, they were 31, what was it, 31 to three and 30 to nothing, 63 to, to three. And they have, they don't have to stop him. They're not going to stop him, but they have to contain him. They have to try to keep him under 100 yards and force Matt Ryan to pass. But if they can't control Jonathan Taylor, then he's going to kill him again. And the Colts are going to beat the hell out of him again. Yeah. Seth compared it today on Payne and Pendergast to, um, to, I mean, you'll like this. The analogy Seth made was the Super Bowl, I think in 91 where the Bills played the Giants and the Giants strategy was, yeah, you know, Thurman Thomas is really good. He's going to get his, we try to contain him, but if we can, you know, if we can contain him knowing he's going to get his hundred yards or whatever, we shut everything else down. We shut the K gun down and that's, you know, you're not chopping the head off the snake, but you're at least slowing down the engine a little bit. That was the analogy Seth made. Yeah. They, I mean, Jonathan Taylor ran crazy last year. He runs crazy all over everybody. What do you, what, what's the number, John, what do you think? Like the number, if, if Jonathan Taylor goes over how many yards or if Jonathan Taylor is under what number of yards the Texans win this football game? Like what's the maximum the Texans can allow and you think still win this football game? <laughs> I think he would have to get hurt and pulled in the first quarter. I'll give you an example opposite of what Seth said. Ted Johnson used to talk about this a lot when he mm-hmm. was on Sports Radio 610 when they played the Rams in the Super Bowl, the Patriots. Everything they did was to hit – Marshall Falk as early and often as possible because he did so many things for them, just pounding. And it wasn't so much taking him out of the game statistically, but beat him down and wear him down. They were able to do that and won the game. I would say that if he had under 80 yards, that means the Texans would be in the game. If he has over 100 yards and gets in the 140s like last season, that means the Texans are probably not in the game. Yeah because he's pounding them unmercifully again. Yep. Yeah, I think there's a real correlation there between um, between uh, Taylor and victory for the uh, Indianapolis Colts, no doubt about that. All right, my first one, John, I'm going to go to the other side. The interior of the Colts' defensive line against the interior of the Texans' offensive line. Justin Britt hasn't played at all in the preseason. 
Left guard is still, I think, kind of up in the air, whether it's McCray or Kenyon Green. McCray's listed first on the depth chart. You and I can mix in some thoughts on the depth chart, I suppose, because I know we're going to talk about Damian Pierce here at some point. Um, you know, and then A.J. Can is brand new over at right guard. So um, the, te- the Indianapolis Colts defensive line has had their way with the Texans really the last couple of years. I mean, it goes back to, to 2020. Even in those two close games that the Texans played with Deshaun Watson at quarterback, the Colts defensive line played really, really well. You know, they, they, it's one of those games, they forced that, you know, the, the Aaron snap from Nick Martin, they were all over Deshaun in the backfield to shut that down. And obviously, as you point out last year, 62 to three, they outscore him. Um, the, the Texans have to be steady on the interior, of the offensive line, in my opinion, that'll open up things in the running game. More importantly, it'll protect Davis Mills. They always say the rush coming up, up the front, you know, up the gut is a harder one as a quarterback than the rush coming off the edge. So I think the Texans interior offensive line has to be at least if they're, if, if John McClain does not give that part of the offensive line uh, a B plus or higher for this game, then the Texans lose the game. By the way, you bring that up after the game, I will have an extensive report card on sportsradio610.com and posted Friday morning. I will have a column on the pressure the two quarterbacks are under for different reasons. So because of that, my number two will be Davis Mills. He needs to throw a couple touchdown passes, and he needs to not turn the ball over. And Davis Mills was 10 years old in Atlanta when Matt Ryan was the first overall pick. So I'm guessing Davis Mills was a really big Matt Ryan fan. He doesn't have to outplay him, Sean, but he's got to avoid turnovers. Except for one game as a rookie, he did a good job of that. Uh, Yeah, no, if we get the Mills of the last five games last year, I feel like they got a pretty good chance to pull off the upset in this game. No question. um, No question about that. John, I just hope we get a better version of Mills than we saw in the preseason. The preseason does not have me feeling great about Davis. What's your feeling right now on Davis Mills? Like you level of nervousness about him on a scale of one to 10, 10 being super nervous, one being calm as hell. Maybe they were trying to get the Colts overconfident. He did not play well in preseason, three touchdown drives in the last seven series. You know, he did it without Brandon Cooks. He didn't have Laramie Tunsil, Justin Brett. Yeah. Had Kenyon Green coming off the bench for one game. He didn't have O.J. Howard. So he'll have a lot more weapons now. Colts were 10th against the run, and their defense is pretty good. If he doesn't play well at home in this game, then that level of nervousness is going to go up. And so I think Davis Mills is going to have to play well. He doesn't have to play great. It would be great if he did play great because then they'd have a chance to win. But he played great in some losses last year, specifically New England and Tennessee. But he is first and foremost when it comes to important players on this team. So I think it's all about Davis Mills having a couple of touchdown passes and not turning the ball over. All right, that's good. That's your number two. We're doing the pregame six-pack. My second one is special teams, John. When you're a more than a touchdown underdog in a game, chances are you're going to have to win special teams. You're going to have to make a play on special teams, maybe a, a play in the return game, something to get so those invisible yards that are going to make up the difference between these two offenses. Because I think the Colts are probably going to, I think the Colts are probably going to win this, win the offensive portion of this game in terms of total yards and possessing the football. They just run the football better, that kind of thing. So I think the Texans are going to need to be near perfect on special teams. They're going to need to contain the return game, maybe get an explosive play if it's Desmond King returning punts or if it's uh, whoever's going to be returning kicks for them. 
Um, and and Kaimi Fairbairn, who I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, missed the last preseason game with some sort of injury. You got to be solid in the kicking game. I trust Cam Johnson. I don't know if I trust Kaimi Fairbairn, but if they're going to pull off the upset in this game, they're going to have to play an A game on special teams. When Fairbairn lines up for a field goal, you don't go to the bathroom and get a beer. That's the way it is with a lot of field goal kickers. They're automatic. You know, Justin Tucker, the way Adam Vinatieri used to be. And and when Fairbairn's there, you cross your fingers because mm-hmm. you don't know it, how he's going to be that day. And so I can see your point on that. My third one goes to the defense that led the NFL in preseason sacks by far. Mm. That would be Lovey Smith's defense. Now, do you put any stock in that? No, but still, to me, it's something to hang your hat on if you can duplicate it. So you got Jonathan Grenard healthy at left end. Jerry Hughes at 34 in that one preseason game was so quick. He looked like he was 24. Then Malik Collins and then Roy Lopez. But then they're they're not playing in passing situations. Or Shane Green will come in, Mario Addison. And I'm really excited to see Big Heine, Kurt Heinish. Uh, I think I told you on 610 this week, Landry Lopez tried to ditch that nickname. We never, said no. never, never. And so I want to see him get in the game and, and maybe spell Roy, Roy Lopez and see what he can do in a regular season game compared to what he did in preseason game when he was really good. But they have to get right. It's not like he's mobile. They know where he's going to be. He's going to be in a pocket. He's got a good defensive line. But, man, oh, man, Sean, if they can get some persistent pressure on him, it's going to help that rebuilt secondary immeasurably. Rebuilt and young. Yeah, I mean, young secondary too, John. With Stingley, I mean, Stingley and Petrie are supremely talented, but they're, you know, they're rookies. And this is their first game. I'm with you on that one. I'll be really, along those lines, John, you know, I, Heinish made a ton of plays in the preseason. I'm guessing he's going to be active for game day, but you look at that depth chart and he's listed at the very back end of the, you know, he's the only name kind of sticking out in that third column of defensive linemen. Do you think he's, do you think he's active in the game on Sunday? If they want a guy that makes plays, I would think he would be. If he made plays in the backfield, if Ross Blacklock had done that, he'd still be here. Mm-hmm. And uh, give me he how many guys in the defensive line, other than Derek Rivers, who must have had the best preseason he's had before suffering a season-ending injury, had more plays than Cardinals. Yeah, None. no, you're – I'm 100% with you. It's going to be very interesting. You know, when you come out on pregame to do your hit with me and Seth out in Bud Light Plaza on Texans Countdown, one of the things we do are the inactives. I'm I'm really interested to see what the the 46 looks like out of the 53 for this game on Sunday. There's going to be some interesting decisions because it's, John, it's a healthy team right now. This is a really healthy football team. The injury report is practically empty. Uh, I think Rasheem Green's the only one who missed practice yesterday. And Mario Addison was limited. Everybody else is healthy right now. So um, the Texans are managing something, right? And it's the it's the health part of the team. My last one, John, is it goes beyond just the roster and the players. I'm anxious to see if this Texans effort as an organization to get people to show up and show out is a successful one. You know, this is the Indianapolis Colts coming to town, the hated Colts. It's a division game. This is an organization, the Texans, who I feel like they've done a lot of the right things over the last four or five months to get fans reengaged. It feels like people who were maybe previously negative have at least skewed towards, okay, wait and see, or they're lukewarm on the team again. Um, So I'm very, I'm anxious to see. I'm not 
super optimistic that it's going to, you know, look like the heyday of the Texans when it was jam packed at kickoff. Um, but I, I'm very interested to see what the crowd looks like at kickoff, what the parking lots look like before the game, uh, what the crowd looks like throughout the game. And is there any sort of home field advantage for the Texans? Cause obviously as a touchdown plus underdog, they're going to need it. I can tell you what it's going to look like at kickoff. There's still going to be people lined up out on 610 because this is always a late arriving crowd. And so I expect about halfway through the first quarter, people will be in their seats. And unlike Philadelphia and Cleveland, who come to NRG Stadium, it's not like there's going to be a lot of Colts fans there. So the Texans need to to come and – Try to help the team win, uh, snap counts and all that. And if they get, it's important to get an early lead to get yeah. those fans into it. Because if the Colts have some long touchdown passes like they did last year, or Jonathan Taylor breaks long runs as he did last year, then that'll take the crowd right out of it. And they need the crowd. They need every single advantage they can get because they're going against a better team, a team that a lot of people pick to win the AFC South or earn a wild card. Ber- position if the Titans win it and it would be a huge upset and boy it would show a lot of people around the NFL they're better than they think most people have the Texans with the first or second pick in the first round 